Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. All right, this week's episode, we are going to be continuing on with our top 100 games of all time. We're going to be hitting up 90 through 81. And yeah, we're going to be we're going to be going through it. Last year when we did this, it was a combined list. Natasha took both our lists and kind of added some mathematics, mathematics, mathematics. Uh, this should be an interesting episode. So she took a bunch of our games and she kind of put them against each other and then formed a co-list of both of our stuff. This year, we're scratching that. We say, screw the math. We're just going to do it ourselves. We're going to do our own top 100 games of all time. We're going to be getting into 90 through 81 this time, like I said. Yeah, how about we uh how about we get into it? Let's just uh without further ado, let's get into the some games that we like. What is your 90, Natasha? So, my number 90 is a classic game, very popular, not well liked in our game group, and it would not have hit my list and uh if it wasn't for my the app version that I play by myself solo only. And that is Agricola. This is a very difficult like soul destroying game because it's so hard to accomplish anything you feel like you don't accomplish anything at the end of the game and then you lose all these points it's just kind of soul crushing really and then you're like okay i have a plan i'm gonna do this and then somebody takes that action spot and there's like no other way to take that action spot so then you just don't get to do that and your game is ruined but i play the app solo and I just love the solo version because it's very puzzly. Nobody's stealing your spots. You can do a complete plan. You can let the wood just sit there until it gets nice and big. But you need to start getting the wood soon so you can build houses and and get, um, you know, wish for children. Maybe it's not wish for children at Agricola. But you need to get more children. And I just love the puzzliness of playing it solo. And you get to keep all of your occupations and the whole goal is to get like a certain scoring. And each time you play, you have to get higher and higher score. Um, but you get to include, but every time you play, you get to keep your occupations that you've already played. So every time you're playing, your game is be- better and better. You have better and better powers. So it, it takes everything that makes Agricola so painful, like the starvation, the not getting action points, like everything's so tight. You can hardly do anything. That is gone. And you just play this lovely version of Agricola. And I have so much fun playing it i played the shit out of this game so much yeah it's one of those games that uh like i by the time i got into the hobby it was almost caverna had taken over caverna was the game to play and because of that i didn't necessarily get a ton of gameplay of it we've played it online a couple times i really need i really would want to sit down and truly be able to play this game and just kind of enjoy it so I think that's what I would ultimately like to do just because it's it's one of those games that it it's it's right up there with like, you know, it's the game that came before Caverna and a Caverna is a game that I really enjoy. So I feel like I should sit down and be able to actually play this in real life. But again, like you said, it, it it's difficult to get it played because no one seems to really enjoy it. Even I, I love this game, but I don't really want to sit down and play it with, as a group. I would play it two player. We could do that. You and I just play it together. Yep. I think I could do that. I don't think it'd be near as punishing. Okay. But yeah, I don't even want to do that. I don't even want to sit down and play it. I'd much rather play Caverna. But I still love the solo version. It's so good. Just get the app. Just get the app. Play it by yourself. Way fun. Yep. All right. I'll try it out. That is my number 90, Agricola. 
solo version in the app. So many no caveats. need to buy the like, game. <laughs> so many caveats for this game. If you like it, what you need to do is you need to make sure you're hopping on one foot with one hand above your head. And then if you do it, like, but you're got to be facing south. If you did that, then you'd like the game. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Oh, man. Uh, th- that I mean, there's something to be said about that, though, too, with games like that. For example, like Through the Ages, I've played it on the app and I've enjoyed it. But to sit down and try to play that in real life, I don't know if I'd be willing to take that on. All right, uh, to get back to the list, my number 90 is a game by Red Raven Games. It's a game my wife and I really enjoy, and we usually play it two-player, and that is Islebound. This is somewhat of a pick-up-deliver game. You have a central board. You have some ships. You're going around collecting wood, fish. You're trying to exchange some of that for books. You're getting you know, pirates. You're getting sea creatures. You're trying to take over or conquer islands. You're trying to diplomatize these islands. You're bragging about how many ships you have to get renown, which is victory points. This is one of those games that my wife and I have played and we just enjoy. It's one of those things that sometimes when we don't know what we want to play, we just kind of bust this out and have a have a good time with it. I really like Ryan Loggett's world building for for this game. I really like his artwork. It's one of those games I typically don't like pick up and deliver, but this is one of those games that I do enjoy. Yeah, I like this game a lot. It's actually my favorite Ryan Loggett game. Is Islebound. This is the is one. Islebound. Mm-hmm. Is it on your list? Yeah, if you just hold off a minute. Oh, sorry. All right, let's just... All right, well, my number 90, Islebound? All right, my number 89, Bob, is absolutely not on Bob's list. This is a real-time game. He hates it. Do not listen to him. This is a great, exactly 10-minute game, and that is Fuse. Ugh. You have these cards that you need to satisfy with dice, and they're, they're, it's very specific, like maybe you need a red two or a uh, any color that's the same. So two dice of any color but it has to be the same color. Some of them are super simple to achieve and some of them are very specific. And you've got a couple of these cards in front of you. Somebody grabs a, the bag of dice, grabs two dice for every player that there is, rolls them, and everybody grabs a dice that they can use and put it on their board. If any dice can't get used, you roll those dice with a, and let's say it's a green five. Everybody who has a green or a five has to get rid of one of their greens or one of their fives. So it's really important that you take all of the dice so that nobody gets left behind. You've got 10 minutes to do this. So you've got to work quickly, but you've got to work together. It is really tough, you know, but you can definitely get better at it the more you play it. And I have so much fun playing this game. It's just kind of um, wild, goof, goofy fun. Yeah, I mean, it's very stressful. It's, I mean, it's stressful a game. Fun. Yeah, it's a game. It certainly is a game. I want to say I've never told people not to play this game. All I've said is it's not my style of game. I'm not a real time fan. So I'm not going to like I this game. I don't know why you don't like real time. Real time is so stressful. I know. Like, we and love maybe it's stress. It, yeah, but it's not that kind of stress. I guess I don't want I don't like the stress of people yelling at people and, you know, trying to get stuff. And no, it's not. This game does uh, not work well if you're polite either. You need to be like, I need that dice and just take it. You can't be like, well, I could take this dice. Do you want this dice? You just need to take something. Yeah. You know, and if you need something very specific, you need to take it fastest. That's it. And if you don't be very if you're not not picky, you can take just about anything. You have to be like, I can take anything. Take your stuff. And then just people need to take it quick. You know, it's not it's not great for the super polite. You need to be pushy and just be okay with just selfish. taking what you, you need want. need to be selfish in this game. You and do. I have a difficult time being selfish. So that is the reason why I don't like this game. 
That is a bold-faced lie. That is not why Bob does not like this game at all. Do not believe a word he says. My number 89 is a great, fun dice game. My my kids love it. There's all You can ramp up the difficulty really easily. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun little puzzle. Real quick, stressful, fun, fun, fun. Number 89, Fuse. Sure. All right, my number 89, I think Natasha might have mentioned in last week's episode, and that is Aquatica. The action system in this game, you're taking cards from your hand, you're playing those cards, and those cards give you certain actions. They allow you to buy you know, new cards. They allow you to buy location tiles. They allow you to buy these different things. And then when you get a location tile, you're going to slide it into a little slot on your board. And then as you progress it forward, it's going to constantly be moving up because you get a little special benefit from that particular thing. Sometimes you have to play cards in order to move them up without gaining any sort of special benefit. There's a little bit of comboing in this game where let's say you move this one up to get this thing to help buy this card. Then it allows you to move this one up, which then allows you to move up another one. So it has these cool little combos in it. I think the production quality is really good. The artwork's great. You get these little mantas that help you out there, like little special you know, one-time bonuses, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a cool game. It's a it's a fun streamlined. It kind of reminds me of those types of like century style games, quick gameplay. It's yeah, I think this is a pretty solid game. Yeah, I think it's like century, but a little bit more meaty. Yes, it has it has some more decisions and you have to kind of look at what you can try to accomplish with your combos with your cards, which I really like. So Mm -hmm. that is my number 89 Aquatica. All right, my number 88 is a new game that just came out. It is a polyomino game called Junk Drawer. This one is so much fun. It's quick. It's super quick. You've got a drunk drawer divided up by four spaces. And then you've got, everyone has the same items that need to go in their drunk drawer. And you flip over a deck of cards. So you flip over one card at a time and everybody has to choose what where to put that item. You could choose any one of your four drawers. And then you're going to flip over four cards. So at the end of that phase, then you're going to have one item in each of your drawers. And then you f- pick four more cards, flip them over one at a time, put one in each of your drawers until somebody can no longer fit any um, an item in any one of their drawers. The game ends. You score points. Everyone's going to score points based on however that section of the drawer scores. So some of them might score with anything open gives you a point or maybe anything open and the edge of your board is going to give you a, a point. There's every drawer is going to score a little bit differently and it, it's really fun and kind of stressful. It's like, Oh, should I put this here? Well, what's going to come up next? What if this one that comes up next is exactly what I need in this spot? Should I wait? Will I get something better? It's got a lot of um, tension in it and, and it plays really quick. It's really like 10, 15 minutes. It's a lot of fun, a, a, a fun, quick take on polyaminos. Yeah, I need to get this. I need to get this played. It just looks cool. Everything it's about a small it, little yeah. game. Everything about it just seems really sweet. The, I need the to play theme it. is fun. It's quick. It's it's not going to be terribly interesting, but it, the, the the little decisions and the choices that you make, it, you end up surprised. Like everyone's got the same cards. Everyone's got the same goals. Like everyone's the same. But you end up having a totally different board. And maybe you do a few of them the same. Like some of them are really obvious. You have the same. So it really comes down to these other this one board. Like, you know, are you gonna get lucky on the card the last card that comes up? Or is everyone gonna get screwed over? 
And also like maybe your goal is to end the game sooner. So you want to try to position yourself to end the game quicker, which is it's it's kind of unique and different. Totally recommend it. My number 88, a new little game called Junk Drawer. Yeah, it's one of those games that's been on my radar that I need to play. Uh, my number 88 is Everdell. This is a cool card game where the you get a tree in the main box, which I don't think you should ever play with. There's 8 million expansions for it. But long story short, you're it's you have some workers. You're going out into the forest land gathering resources, whether that be twigs, berries, you know, those types of things. And you're using those to build buildings and to play critter cards into a tableau in front of your in front of you. And in that tableau, you can it's a very specific size and you're just playing cards and you're trying to play cards. That's going to score you points at the end of the game. There's some objectives that if you get certain cards in your tableau, you can claim and those are going to score you points. This game is is has an interesting like ramp up because when you first start, you're playing through a certain number of seasons. When you first start, you're just like, I'm not going to get anything done because you only have a couple workers. But as the seasons progress, you gain additional workers, which allow you to do additional type of actions. Uh, your workers stay on the board until you're ready for next season. Then you pull them back. So there are, there's times where you're just kind of dirling, waiting for somebody to you know take the end of season thing. So then you can take that action spot since you still have workers available. This game has fallen a little bit for me. There's a, there's a, a couple things that I think maybe production wise they they could have done a little bit better and part of it is some of the buildings that you make other players can go to but you don't really know there is an expansion that gives you a little like open sign that you can set on top of your cards a little cardboard thing that you put together that it gives people reminds people hey there's there's something here there's a new version come that came out called farshore which has streamlined it a little bit i haven't had a chance to play it so i'm curious what it's what it's changed and what's streamlined but Overall, I think the artwork's fantastic in this game. And overall, I like that tableau building. Yeah, I really enjoyed this game. You taught it to me, and I've only played it the one time. Um, it was a little much like for me to wrap my mind completely around it. Uh, I'd have to play it a few more times. I think if it's one that I invested some time and energy in and, and learned the game pretty well, I could I could really enjoy it. It could be on my list. I just haven't. I've only played it the one time. Yeah, yeah I think it's I, I think it's a solid game. So I think they do some cool stuff. I think that's the reason why it's so high up on Board Game Geek. But my number 88, Everdell. All right. My number 87, no surprise here, is a crossover with Bob. It is my favorite Ryan Lockett game. That is Islebound. And is. I think it's been my favorite. We've played it the most. It's probably why it ends up being my favorite. I do love Near and Far quite a bit as well. I just haven't hardly ever played it. But Islebound is just so approachable. It It's so satisfying like to get to kind of move around do all these fun things everything in this game is beautiful fun to play it's not a typical game that i would like you know i don't like going around and fighting these monsters like rolling the die but it just works in this game because everything you do is kind of fun everything you do gives you points you can kind of do a totally different lots of different things about it but it's just enjoyable it moves along at a nice pace it's a really fun solid game that's beautiful to play, easy to teach. It'd be a great first intro to Ryan Lockett to get you used to the mechanics and the characters. Uh, I really enjoy just about everything about it. Yeah, I mean, it's on my list. It was a little bit lower than yours, but yeah, I, I enjoy this game. Like I said, normally I'm not a big fan of pick up and deliver, 
but this game kind of just puts it all together in a nice package because you're you're you know using resources to acquire buildings. That's your end game trigger. There's some back and forth about you know making sure you're in charge of specific villages. That way you can you know gain some sort of benefit or you can go there for free. That sort of thing. Yeah, I like it. My number eighty seven, Islebound. My number eighty seven is a card game we've we often reference with this sort of it has this type of mechanic and that is Century Golem Edition. There's Century Spice Road, Century Golem Edition. They're both the same game. I just like the Golem artwork better than the Spice Road. They did make a couple extra games in this series, and I like this one probably the best. It is the most simple, streamlined version of the the game. Long story short, you play a card, or you scoop up your cards, or you acquire a card. Pretty simple. There's a, there's a row of cards. If you specifically want a card that's further down the road, you're going to have to be putting down gem resources in order to acquire it. But you're just trying to create an engine with your cards to try to churn out the right gems that you need to purchase these golem cards. Super streamlined. I think it's a very good welcoming game. I, I, short, quick, fast, snappy. Everything about that. Quick, fast, snappy, fun, satisfying. Um, I love that that those gems come in a container so it's really easy just to take those that container out put it on the table you're ready to play it's just about as easy and quick as it can go but still has this nice satisfying feeling to it you're accomplishing things it moves quick it's a great game to play with lots of people you know people that don't play board games people that do play board games uh it's it's a lot of fun it's and i like i like it quite a bit it's it's not on my list but it uh it's easily up there. Yeah, my number 87, Century Golem Edition. All right, my number 86 is a newer party game, and that is Fun Facts, where you go around the table. So everyone, uh, you read a card, and it might say, how many shoes do you own? And you write down number of shoes you own on the, this tile. You flip it upside down, and then the first person places their tile out. So let's say Bob places his tile out. And then and it's upside down. I can't see what's on how many shoes he owns on the back of it or what how many shoes he thinks he owns because it doesn't have to be accurate. It just has to be you're kind of guessing, you know, how many shoes Bob thinks he owns. And mm-hmm. I think I own more shoes than Bob. So I would put my tile above his. And then the next person goes and they're like, well, I think I own more shoes than Bob, but less shoes than Natasha. So they would slide theirs in in between the two of us. And then it kind of goes around the table and you're you can put your tile wherever you want in that line. And then at the end, once it comes all the way back around, the first person who places their tile out, so Bob can actually take his out and remove his if he thinks he's above or below anybody else. And then you just flip them over one at a time and see if they're in order. And if they are in order, you get points for everyone that's in order. And anything that's not in order, you remove it and you get points for what's left. It's a really fun game to play with people that you know really well. It's a fun game to play with people that you don't know. You know, you can kind of get to know them. It's a great conversation starter. I brought this on uh, one of my work trips and played it with my coworkers on my team. Uh, I did. I was very picky about the cards that I, we, we played with. I went through the nice selected cards that were not uh, going to ever, you know, cause problems like, you know, I was picky about the cards that we use. I use really like generic ones. So, the, you know, it could, it can be like, you don't want to, I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't want to pick ones that said like how much fast food that you eat and then look at somebody and go, I bet you eat more fast food than I do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing that would be like super judgy, you know, and if that bothers you, you can take those cards out of there. But, um, but it was a lot of fun and it was a, 
good way to it's the game itself is fun, but it also is the interactions that you have with people based on what you say. You're like, what you think you have more shoes than you know so and so, and that that creates this whole conversation, you know, and and it gets to know people. And I think it was a lot of fun. I really think this game has some legs to it. I think this is a game that really belongs in just about everybody's house to, to play because you can play with so many people. And in fact, um, when I brought it to work, I brought two copies and we, cause I had more uh, coworkers than I did that play the game and it was completely fine to have, to just play with more than what you could play in the game. Yeah. This is one of those, it, it's a game, but it, it's almost like more an activity when you start playing these style of games. It's like just one where you're playing this game and like, yeah, you're scoring points, but at the end of the day, it's just something that you're doing. It's like the points that don't necessarily make a bit bunch of difference. Yeah, like you score high, you don't, whatever, no big deal. It's more about the interactions that you're having with people. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I've always had fun doing it. I don't, I'd never even thought that it would make my top 100. I think it's a pretty decent activity to have and play with people, but. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And that is why it is my number 86 fun backs. All right, my number 86 is a pandemic-style game. It is Star Wars The Clone Wars. So this was, they, they take the pandemic system and basically apply it to Clone Wars. So if you are a fan of the animated series The Clone Wars, this is this is what you're playing. You're playing Obi-Wan against, you know, General Grievous. You're you're having those types of, you know, battles or whatever. The, the card play, I think, is interesting. They've taken a lot of the good things from the pandemic system and made it so it's still somewhat familiar, but makes a game that feels new and kind of refreshing. I Sometimes when you see these games, I've talked about it, like you think that it's a cash grab. This isn't. It's a solid game. I, I've really enjoyed it. And if you're a fan of the Clone Wars, I think you'll be a fan of this game. I, I actually really liked this game. Uh, I liked it better than Pandemic. I thought the the way the like the way the cards were handled, how you could spend actions drawing cards, yep. I really liked that. You know, because uh, oftentimes you just need cards. You know, that's the struggle with Pandemic is like when we get these cards. So you, I really like that. It changes enough about the game. I think the theme really makes a lot of sense to me. I I actually besides the Legacy games, this was my favorite version of Pandemic. I I liked it quite a bit, and I am. Not at all a Star Wars fan, but I still appreciated the theme of it. And I don't know, it just worked for me. I thought the the little changes that they made from Pandemic to this game really improved it quite a bit. I was yeah. surprised how much I liked this game. Yeah, it's. I think it's a very solid game. You know, it's like I said that sometimes you see a game like this and you're just like, Ugh, they're just trying to cash in on an IP. No, they did, they did a solid job with this game. I really enjoy it. So my number 86... Star Wars, The Clone Wars, a pandemic style system game or whatever the stupid title is. All right. My number 85 is a, I want to say roll and write, but it's not a roll and write at all. Of course, is the Guild of Merchant Explorers. It feels like a roll and write, but really you're like placing write, cubes yeah. out. You, a flip and write, I suppose. You you flip over a card and you get to do that action. So you get to place two cubes on on maybe mountain spaces or you know, you place three cubes out on water spaces, but they got to be in a line. So you have to place all these cubes out. If you land on spots with coins, you get to collect coins, which are points. You've got a couple of objectives that you're going for. Um, you can, once you fill in an entire region, you get to put an outpost there. 
think that's what it's called. And then from that point on later in the game, those stay there. When all the cubes get wiped for the next round, then you can start building from there, which is maybe a more lucrative spot. It's just, it's a quick game, probably half an hour, 45 minutes. You just like the whole game. You're just spent out putting cubes out, collecting points, put a cube out, collect points, put a cube out, collect points. Ooh, get to do this and you collect points for this way. And then you, you've got a few different, you know, things that you're trying to achieve. It's just very satisfying, quick game. And yep. it, and it escalates in this way that the, I think the real twist of this game is everybody's got these really basic, boring actions that they can do. Every time they'll come up, cool, you put two cubes out, whoop-de-doo, no big deal. And then every round you get to add this special card that only you have, that only you get to do, and all of them seem totally broken. They're huge. You're like mm-hmm. putting out five cubes where you're normally putting out like one to three. And so you, all of a sudden you get your that card action ability comes up you get to do your own unique special ability and each round you get a new one added onto it that's going to come up in the game and you don't know when it's coming but you know it's coming you just don't know when so you need to plan for it so the puzzliness of what of okay i want to make sure i don't do that because i'm going to use that action when that card comes up so i want that to be available so it's got this pre-planning to it that makes it really fun and that's really where your brain is kind of turning those wheels and um thinking on it and that's i think the heart and soul of the game yeah this is a solid game it it barely missed my top 100 i if i would have played it more in 23 i i think it it would have stayed in the top 100 but it unfortunately dropped off and part of it is we just haven't we haven't gotten into the table as much as i think the game deserves but it's fun it's a cool game and again you're you're you know that card's coming and you're trying to like you're just you're trying to make sure you can maximize that card but sometimes you're just like I I can't like I get, I, I continue moving forward and it it's such an agonizing decision sometimes but I yeah I really enjoy this game too. All right, that's my number 85, The Guild of Merchant Explorers. My number 85 is going to be a small card game and that is Hero Realms. This is a two player kind of tactical sort of game where it's a deck builder you're you have a certain deck of cards that you start off with you're acquiring new cards and putting them into your deck pretty simple you play all your cards you're going to be attacking each other that said there is a cooperative version which you're playing an actual campaign there's two versions of this there's star realms which came out first which is kind of the sci-fi space version and it's very much a back and forth tactical game and then there's hero realms which again it's a it's a back and forth but you also get to play a fantasy character like you can be a rogue, you can be a you know cleric, you can you can be these different types of roles which will give you unique special abilities, but the other thing that I really like is that they've they've made a campaign for this game so you can play cooperative with another player, which again is if you know me that's that type of thing I like. But I think even the basic Star Realms is a, is a fast two-player, just kind of quick deck builder. I have not played this one. I got nothing to add. You have nothing to... Have you played Star Realms at all? I have years ago. It's not my style of game. I don't like attacking and deck building. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like it. Yeah, I can see that. I think I do, like I said, the biggest thing for me, the reason why I like Hero Realms above Star Realms is because you have the ability to play through that campaign. Which I which I like and I think it was pretty decent. So I I enjoy this game. My number eighty five, Hero Realms. All right, my number eighty four. I guarantee is not on Bob's list. I don't even know if you like this game. That is Stay Cool. 
This is a real-time game. It comes with a timer, like a little uh, flippy timer, you know? And you a fl- a just sand simply timer? have to... Flippy t- a, a sand, sand timer. timer. That's what it's called. Yeah, um, I, got, I got you. We'll get through this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you simply have to answer these really simple questions. Yeah, but... From one neighbor on your side, and then you just ha- you get other questions from the other neighbor on your side that are like, uh, where does milk come from? Cow. Okay. That's easy. And then you have to take these dice that have letters on them and you have to spell cow. So there's super easy questions from both sides. You know, maybe you've got, where does milk come from? And you're like, okay, cow, you're spelling out cow with these dice. That's easy. And then you've got this other question. Put these things in order by size. Ant, elephant, house. And, and you're like, okay. You know, and you have to just put those in order. That's super easy. But you need to do it really fast, and you've got both people on both sides of you asking you these questions, and you have to answer them quick. There's like uh, five to eight questions from either one of them, and you just want to try to answer as many of them as you can within this time frame. you got one another person that's managing this timer, you know, for you, and then the second round, the timer rules change, so you have to manage it. You have to watch them, watch the timer and tell them when to flip it, and then the third time around... You can't see the timer. It's like behind something, but you still have to tell them when to flip it. If you run out of time, like you just run out. So it, it's got the first round stresses you out like nobody's business. It is so much fun. And it's so much fun. Like if you're not even involved, you're not the active player and you're not answering questions, or asking questions. It's still so much fun to watch and laugh at that person who's playing it, yeah. not being able to answer these really simple questions. But then it escalates in a way that is just just beyond anything and it is so much fun it is just a good time i love it it is a stressful i cannot think of a more stressful game than my number 84 stay cool uh spoiler alert it is not on my list nor do i think it will be because it stresses me out way too much like you think that first round's bad when people are just yelling at you to answer questions and it's not like they're just gently asking they're yelling at you they want to be heard over the other person so they're just constant. And then and then round two, you're in charge of the timer. And then round three, you don't get to see the timer, but you're still in charge. No, thanks. That's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> well, right. if you like fun, I so recommend this game. It is fun. Using the term fun loosely. All right. So my number 84 game, I know it's going to be on Natasha's list. It's going to be much higher up. That is Kemet. I really enjoyed this dudes on a map style game they've often described as a knife fight in a phone booth because you have to combat if you are not combating you are not progressing in this game it encourages you to attack your opponents whereas in other dudes on the map games sometimes you can kind of turtle in one kind of area because you're not trying to you know have any sort of combat you can't do that in this game you have to get at it and by winning battles and holding specific territories, you're going to be acquiring victory points. The first time somebody gets the, as soon as somebody gets to a certain number, when that round ends, if they're still at that number, the game's going to end and that person's going to win. It's it. I really like the technologies in this. There's basically three different categories of technology. You can constantly progress up based on how well you've built out your little pyramid things on the, on the board. I really enjoy this game. It's like I said, it's it's a it's an in your face attacking style dude on dudes on a map game. And like I said, more than likely higher up in Natasha's list. Yeah, this is a great game. It's so good. And we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that as my number 84, which is Kemet. 
My number 83 is Korra Rise of an Empire. This is a nice, light empire building game, I suppose. It's it's got it's got some dice. Uh you roll these dice, you select your actions based on the dice, but there's a lot of manipulation you can do. It's got this great card play where you're kind of building up and, and doing more and more things. And then you're advancing up Bob's favorite thing in board games, which are tracks. And it's it's a really nice, I wouldn't say it's a lightweight game, but for this style of game, it feels like a lightweight game. It's really like a, a medium Euro game that's not terribly complicated. It's pretty quick. It, it's really interesting. You've got some special powers. The cards make it interesting and different. I like that you have to do an action based on the die you roll, but you've got a lot of manipulation. You're able to manipulate your dice fairly easily and especially if you focus on getting more dice manipulation then you can pretty much do anything you want any turn it's really really fun and I, I i just really like this this weight of this game i like the look of the game i like the theme of it i like just about everything about this yeah no this game this game is cool like it's it's streamlined in a very cool way i love the unique powers it, it, it different things play differently so yeah this is this is i think this is a pretty solid game for sure that is my number 83, Korra, Rise of an Empire. All right. My number 83 game is Honey Buzz. So this is a worker placement kind of game where you're taking bees and you're putting them out on the board, grabbing different hive pieces, creating a hive structure in front of you. And then within those hive structures, you're acquiring nectar to make uh, different styles of honey. And then you can sell that honey for victory points. I think the artwork in this game is really cool. I, I like the uh nature of building out your board because the way you arrange your pieces that you get because they're almost like they're hexagonal tiles but they're almost they're put together so you have two hexagonal tiles that are connected to each other and that's what you're using to form this like honeycomb type thing and you, you create specific patterns within it and it's based on how you're going to be placing these pieces and based on those patterns within that like cell is the type of nectar and honey you can you know, acquire and build there or make there. Yeah, I like this game. My wife and I have played it a, a decent amount back and forth. You got some objectives that you're working towards. I think this is one of those games that would do slightly better at higher player counts because there's a little bit more tension with some of that stuff. But overall, I've I have really enjoyed this game. I think the artwork is cool. It's it just yeah, kind of just comes together in a nice little way. I love the artwork in this game. I think it's so beautiful. I thought for sure I would love this game and I had such a poor experience playing it. I haven't played it again and I need to just give it another go. Um, it's still on my shelf. I own it and everything and I just don't play it, which is such a shame because I just love the artwork and the theme and, and I think it's so beautiful. I love the components. I like the the play of it, the worker placement, but man, I just got my butt kicked in it. That's the problem is because you're dealing with those in-game objectives, if you, you there are a lot of points. I think if you get first place, it's like 20 points. So if you get all three, it's 60, which can be a huge swing. So if you're playing two player and you get all those objectives, then there's a good chance you're probably going to whoop the other player. So there's a lot of trying to like, trying to figure out how you can acquire those. But I don't necessarily think if you've locked one in and the other one, somebody else got and you're just fighting over one, I think you can overcome that. I think if you get all three, it's a little hard to overcome that. But overall, uh, despite those types of swinginess, 
I still like the game. I, I enjoy the actions that I'm putting through. If you want to go to a spot that already has bees on it, you have to create a bee line, which basically means you you stack additional bees. So you can still go to that spot, just going to require more workers. Mm-hmm. So overall, I like it. My number 83, Honey Buzz. All right. My number 82 is Role Player. So this is a Interesting. Dice- a dice game. You know I like this game. It's dice. You roll the dice. You put it in this, you know, these this grid, and you have all these rules about dice placement. But really, the theme of the game is it's a it's a D and D theme that you are building your character. But you don't need to know D and D. You don't need to play D and D. But the theme really does work in this game. Yeah. It's really it's really kind of clever. And I've seen this game be played by a lot of people that play a lot of D and D games, but don't play board games. But it's definitely a a heavy Euro puzzly game. You know, it's got a lot of rules to it. You know, it's very puzzly. I love the dice placement of it. I don't like the expansions where you're actually using your D&D character, doing things, no thanks. I would just prefer the puzzliness of the <laughs> dice. Um, you're you're collecting, um, you know, armor and things that you can use. It's really set collection. Um, you're also making sure your, you know, your if your character is like good or bad, morally, and all those different D and D things to it. It's it's I really like the puzzliness of this game. Yeah, it's it's a fun game, and like you said, if you don't like D and D, that's not that big of a deal. The theme helps reinforce the things that you do in this game, which I think helps. But at the end of the day, does it have to be this theme? It could literally be something more like a Sagrada board that you're just putting dice in. But the theme works so well with it, so well with it that it just yeah, it comes together in such a such a cool, cool package. I like this game quite a bit. <laughs> it might be further up on my on my list, so I enjoy this game quite a bit. That is my number eighty two role player. Good pick, good pick. I like it. Get away from these real time games and go to a good game. That's what I like to see. All right, my number 82 uh, it is another cooperative-style game in the Pandemic Universe, kind of. That is Forbidden Desert. There's a variety of these forbidden games, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Sky, uh, Forbidden, uh, the new one that just came out, Forbidden something or other. Jungle. Forbidden Jungle, thank you. Um, with all these games, I think Forbidden Desert's the one that I like the best because of the shifting sands as you're... As you're going through and flipping these sand tiles, eventually you're going to have two tiles that point at one tile, and that's where that piece is. So you never really know. It just kind of organically happens as you're playing the game, which I really like. Of all those style games, I think, of all the forbidden games, I like this one. This is the one that is typically my go-to to play. Yeah, I think it's it's the most interesting. I like it. It's, it's kind of a step up, a little bit more advanced yep. than Forbidden Island. I played a lot of Forbidden Island with my kids when they were little. They really liked it. It was a good cooperative game. It was nice and simple. We, then we played Forbidden Desert quite a bit. We, I don't think we played it near as much as we played Forbidden Island. I think they liked the simplicity of it better. It was a little yeah. bit easier, uh, quicker setup. I liked that part of it. I'm not a big fan. Like Personally, I don't love these games. I enjoy playing them with my kids a lot. They're not my style. I don't like the style of cooperative games, but I did like this game because it was nice and easy to play, quick, easy to set up. It was a good one for me to play with my kids that I enjoyed. Yeah, I I enjoy this one. Like I said, of all the Forbidden ones, this was my pick. So my number 82, Forbidden Desert. All right. My number 81 is 100% up further on Bob's list. This is a favorite of his, and that is King Domino. 
You don't know me. You don't know what's I know on you. my list. You love this game. And we've Maybe. been playing it a lot on BGA two player. And it's so good. We play Bob's favorite way to play it, which is the entire box of tiles. Yeah. You play a seven by seven grid. You get bonus points if you get your your castle in the middle. You get another bonus points if you can um, play all your tiles, which is a lot harder to do than what you think. Because I've put myself in situations where I've screwed myself over. Uh, this is a really fun game. And at first I played it like, where's, what's the tile that I want? And we've been playing it so much that I've been losing a lot to Bob. Now I'm playing more like, okay, what's the tile that Bob wants? And I need to take the tile that he wants. And I have to be able to actually get some points out of it and not just take it to take it from him. I have to like make use of it and get points. Otherwise he's going to beat me. So it's kind of, it's, we've been playing it a lot and it's got some really good strategy, yeah. but it's such a simple, easy game to play. I yeah. play it with my son a lot. He loves it. It's got the right amount of strategy. It's got some great math for him. It's great for a lot of kids because they can add up their score and it's got multiplication and addition in it. I really recommend this for kids, but you can play it with adults and you actually play it the same. Like I don't play it. I don't dumb myself down when I play it with my son, which is unique. And a lot of these games, like I have to like handicap myself somehow. This is not one where like I might not I'm not going to steal the tiles I know my son wants when I play against him. I'm going to play the tiles that I want where Bob, I'm going to like definitely look at his board and figure out what I need to take from him. So that's probably the biggest difference, a little bit more competitive and cutthroat in that way. But this game just is so good. It is really, really good. Yeah, you can try to deny me the tiles that I want. I'll just pivot. That's all I'm saying. You can try all you want. It's not going to. We. It was. It was kind of funny because we were playing and like I th I think we played one. You won the fir very first one I won. And then we played a second time and you won. And the first one, I, I I was destroyed. I screwed up so many times. because I wasn't used to playing that seven by seven grid. I kept thinking and it totally messed up my whole game. I need a reshot. Played it again, beat up. Good, I feel good about myself. And then we played it again and again and again, and I lost and I lost and I lost and I lost. And I was like, Jesus, I have to get away out of this. I just, I, I think at one point, I think I sent you a message. Are you just a glutton for punishment? Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd play it, and then I was rematch, rematch, rematch. I mean, instantly, instantly, I would get an email saying what the end score was, and then I'd get an email that's just like Natasha requests a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a good game. It's a I think it just don't think it'll ever get old either. No, I think that's the thing is, like I said, if you if you just made this a two player game at the seven by seven grid. Ah, so good. It's just mm, so good. It may or may not be on my list. It's 100 percent on his list. It's probably. Yeah, I mean, it's probably you'll I'll talk about it eventually. Um, Good pick. Good. That pick. is my number 81, King Domino. Finally, we're getting into some good picks from you instead of these real-time games. All right. My number 81 is Tiny Towns by AEG. This is a cool, like, I pick, you take kind of bingo-style game where you're going to have a variety of resources in front of you. You're going to pick one, then everyone has to take that particular resource and place it on their board. Based on how these resources line up on your board, you're able to build buildings. And you basically just have a little board. Each building, you know, you have a stack of cards that eventually you'll draw for what that building does in that particular game. So they all then do something slightly different. And ultimately, you're just trying to create patterns on your board to build buildings and then have those buildings score you points at the end. It's pretty simple. 
it's uh it's a fun quick game probably 45 minutes to an hour because a lot it's very simultaneous where i'm going to be picking up a resource setting it down some then everyone else has to take that resource what i like about it too is it plays different at different player counts playing it at two there's a lot you have a lot more control about what you get to put on your board whereas at four you have a lot less control about what you put on your board so it all it feels different at the different player counts, which I really like. I think any game that can feel different at different playing counts just increases its longevity. It yes. increases its replayability. It feels like you're playing a totally different game. And yeah. that makes it fun. Like it doesn't need to be the same at every player count. If you only ever play it at two or only ever play it at four, it's still a really good game. But if you can switch it up, you've got a totally different game. It feels and different. That's cool. It- it's a lot like uh, Planet Unknown at a higher player count. You're less likely to fill in your planet than at when you're at a, you know, two-player player count because there's a lot. There's so many. You are making more strategic decisions about what you need and less about oh, what am I going to do with this tile, or what am I going to mm-hmm. do with this resource. Any game that does that, I think, I, again, it gives it more legs. So Tiny Towns has what I love, which is like every time I, you play this game, like you are just moaning and complaining the entire time like oh i screwed that up oh i did this wrong oh i can't believe you did this oh why are you taking a brown again like why do you need another brown like there's enough brown stop taking the brown cube that's yes and like it's just it's the entire game is filled with complaints the entire time and if you're not in the game you're like oh man that game sounds really awful and then everyone's done they're like oh that was so good like i i love that it didn't make my top 100 but i do really love this game i just don't play it enough but man i love that bemoaning that comes with this game like oh oh i screwed that up oh i should have done this differently and then you're like okay let's just play it again so this time i'm gonna get it right and then you don't you still screw it up um because it's just this is a little small game and it, it, it kind of fills up quickly and you don't get a lot yep. of choices then all of a sudden you're out of the game because because you're an idiot and played it all wrong but but it's quick and it's fun and it doesn't matter they're like okay redemption i want to play it again let's get it right this time and it, it's just a lot of fun as 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 often as you may have an agonizing like oh why did you take that cube dang it man you're also going to have somebody's going to be like i'm going to take a silver one you're like oh yes let's go that's the one i needed i needed that one to complete this and now i have i can continue my game if i didn't get that then I would have filled in my board or I wouldn't have been able to play. But now I don't have to do that. And then everybody else at the table is complaining about that silver one. You're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Screw you guys. I got it. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to get this. My turn to get it. Yeah. I just love games that really stress you out and make you feel like an idiot in all the right ways. It's got to be in the right positive ways. Correct. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I like this game quite a bit. It's, It's one of those games that I forget about until I play it and I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember why I like this game so much. Mm-hmm. It uh so yeah, my number eighty one, Tiny Towns. All right. Well, that is our list for today. Uh thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week where we're gonna go through seventy one through eighty. And please help us out by giving us a review and liking us on Instagram or Facebook and send us any of your comments or questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks everyone. See you next week.